Hallelujah. Well, as you were sitting down, I gave a, um, a challenge last week. Anybody remember the challenge last week? Okay, did anybody do the challenge? Anybody? Oh, you did? You did? Okay, I got a few people. Okay. Praise the Lord. Are you willing to share what happened? Yes? You did too? Okay. All right. Let me go over here first. We'll just hear. So for those of you who may not have been here, the challenge was to go and meet a neighbor that you hadn't met, hadn't talked to. And if you knew all of your neighbors, to, you know, at the grocery store or something, meet somebody and talk to them and then invite them to church. So what happened? What is your name first? Juanita. Juanita what? Lewis. Juanita Lewis. And I talked to my neighbor. Her name is Lauren. I don't remember her last name. Anyway, Lauren, she just moved in here from California. But anyway, I talked to Lauren. So she has a class on, on Wednesday night, uh, but she's going to be joining me joining us for service on Sunday. Praise God. So my other neighbor, Carmen, is Spanish. And since I'm not so good in Spanish, <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. Okay. I need Carmen's son to be at, her little son to be at home. Okay. So she can understand what I'm saying. Well, awesome. And everything. So, but Lauren will be coming to church with us Sunday. Look at God. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Did you, okay, you here? Okay, go ahead, Rebecca. We had issues with our car, so uh -huh. the AAA guy came over, and I heard the Lord put it in my heart, ask him, does he know Jesus as his Lord and Savior? And he said, no. And I said, do you mind if I pray with you? And I prayed with him, and he said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I asked him, does he go to church? And he said, I work seven days a week. And um, anyway, I mentioned to him, you know, um, about salvation, and um, anyway, he got saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. What is your name? My name's Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi. Um, I have a, I had a tough road to hoe because everybody that lives around me is Mormon. Okay. Uh-huh. So, um, but I did at the dog park, I met a lady who has been on the news a lot, so everybody might know her. Okay. Her husband was one of the Metro officers that died from COVID. Oh, okay. And um, she's been fighting the department to get his line of duty covered because I guess it's like the third or whatever but mm -hmm. nevertheless long story short she uh, might come to church with us and her mom because she's like 28 and um, she just said I believe in a God but I don't know anything about it oh wow and especially since her dad passed from mm -hmm. COVID she's mm -hmm. really interested in some sort of faith so that happened at the dog park which is next to the Mormon neighbors <laughs> praise God well, count as a count. hallelujah that's good all right praise the Lord not just hearers of the word but doers of the word and let me go on this side I, I got a few on this side. did, did was there some oh Diana yes hi everyone my name I'll is Diana. hold it Diana because <laughs> you can preach <laughs> I got the mic <laughs> My name is Diana, and um, when Minister Lena asked if anyone knows all their neighbor, and I was like, I was in the bathroom, but I knew that I knew all my neighbors. <laughs> they knew me. But anyway, over the weekend, you know, I was talking to two George, 
and you know, I asked them, you know, if they were saved, you know, if they were to die today or tomorrow, and if they stand before the kingdom of heaven and God asked them, why should I enter into the kingdom of heaven? What would you say they didn't know? So I said, well, there's a way that you can know. I can pray with you the prayer of salvation right now if you would like to. And one George said no, but the other said yes, and I prayed with him, and he received the prayer of salvation. So praise the Lord. Praise and God. And there's another neighbor, you know, my, my other neighbor, his mom just moved in. So I said to him yesterday, you know, how's your mom? She said, He's, she's doing well. I said, well, you know what? I'm going to talk to her and see if she wants to come to church with me. So I'm on, I'm on my duty. All right. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Is there anybody else on this side? Did I get everybody? Okay. Well, thank you all for um, stepping out. I know that it takes, um, I say that it takes faith to talk to people. It, it does. Uh, it gets you out of your comfort zone. But the reward, you know, when you just step out, because all God is looking for is someone who's willing, somebody who will be his hands, somebody who will be his mouthpiece, so that he can get to people what they need. Because you literally have what people need. If you have Jesus, everybody needs Jesus. Everybody. It doesn't matter what walk of life doesn't matter about anything. If they are a person, a human being, they need to hear the gospel. They need to hear the good news. So last week we started talking about the church. And um, we read in Matthew chapter 16. And, um, you know, uh, we saw where Jesus said that he would build his church, so we talked about the fact that it's Jesus' church, not our church, and he's the one who's building it, right? And we um, saw where when Peter, after um, the 120 got filled with the Holy Spirit and they went out in the streets and Peter began to declare the good news and 3,000 people got saved, right? So we talked about that a little bit, and we're going to go back to that scripture, so go to Matthew chapter 16, verse, we're going to look at verses 13 through 19 again. So, are you ready? Book of Matthew. It says, starting in verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? And just like last week, who do you say God is? You know, who do you personally say that God is? And so Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John. Because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Now, I want to give you um, a few definitions about, uh, for church, the word church. Uh, 
ecclesia is the, um, the Greek word. And here's a few definitions, okay? So in the strong concordance, it, it says assembly, congregation, church, the church, the whole body of Christ. Uh, W.E. Vine says um, that the Greek word is ecclesia, which is comprised of two Greek words, E-K, which means out from and to, and keleo, which means to call. In other words, the word literally means the called out or called out of the world and to Jesus. Okay? Then in the sparkling gems, it says, um, sparkling gems number two, I should say. It says, E.K. Um, conveys the idea of an exit or a separation. And the word kalo means to beckon, to call, to invite, uh, or to summon. When you put together ecclesia, it describes those who are called and separated to a prestigious assembly, a prestigious assembly. And the earliest example of the word church can be found in the writings about the city of Athens and um, where it was used to denote a prestigious assembly of the Athenian citizens who regularly met to discuss civil matters. At these meetings, the distinguished citizens determined laws, debated public policy, formulated new policies, argued and ruled in judicial matters, elected the uh, chief magistrates of the land, decided who should be banished, and so on. So to be called out of society and invited to, um, to be a member of this assembly was a great honor, okay? So now that same word, same word that we just, you know, read in Matthew chapter uh, 16, this is that same word. So it's talking about being called out of society and being invited to be a member of this assembly it was a great honor. It is a great honor. So you being translated out of the kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of God's dear son, that is a great honor. To be a part of the kingdom of God, to be a part of the body of Christ, that is a great honor. You are part of a, a prestigious group of people. Amen? Praise God. Um, in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I like how it says it in the easy to read version. It says, but you are his chosen people, the king's priests. You are a holy nation, people who belong to God. He chose you to tell about the wonderful things he has done. He brought you out of the darkness of sin into his wonderful light. That's what he did for us, and that's what he wants to do for others. Now, remember last week, if you were here, we did the little illustration where I had some people come up and stand up front, and, and you know, um, we had God, we had Jesus, we had uh, church leaders, we had um, the, like the Ministry of Helps, um, 
Yeah, and then and just and people, you know, the congregation. So, and then I had Rose, wherever she is, Rosie was the person who was trying to get to Jesus. And, but she had to go through each one of those to get to Jesus. And if they didn't treat her right, it could be difficult for her getting to Jesus. In other words, we as the body of Christ can either be a stumbling block or we can be a stepping stone, okay? I believe we all want to be stepping stones. We want to help people get to Jesus. Now, I'm going to tell on myself, I believe you guys have that, those pictures ready for me. Um, I can remember, you know, one of the things that um, we have to remember is not to be judgmental, because remember, we're not supposed to be judgmental toward people. Um, we're not supposed to judge them according to how they look, according to what, you know, the outward, right? Um, so there was this young lady in the church that I really did not know. I know, knew her family, knew of her family, knew of different parts of her family, but I didn't really know her, and I really judged her by how she looked. So can you guys put that picture up for me? Let's see if they can. That one. Okay. So, this is how this young lady looked um, at a season in her life. So, she was very gothic, you know, and so, for me, I kind of associated stuff with that look. Anybody feeling me? Yeah? I, I associated. So, you know, the nose ring, the, you know, there's other piercings that she had, and the black fingernails, and, you know, the hair, and the whole thing. Thank God I didn't voice that to her, <laughs> but I thought it. And really, a lot of times when we think things about people, it will affect how we interact with people. And some people will talk about what they're thinking, okay? I'm just saying this time I didn't talk about it. But um, show the next picture. Now, this is the young lady. Everybody know Becca? Now, Becca is the sweetest thing. She is, that's her and her family. She's, they're, they're a part of this church. They've been a part of this church for some time. She's worked in the youth department. She's helped youth. She has a heart for people. But that other picture, when I saw that other picture, when I saw that, I had no idea who she was. Now, I got to um, meet her and really talk with her and found out, you know, before now, what a wonderful person she is. Um, we, she came to some of my Bible school classes, so I got to interact with her, got to know her. But just think if I had had the wrong attitude toward her, because she was going through some stuff during that season, she was endeavoring to find herself. But just think if the church had threw her away. Just, you know, me being a part of the body of Christ, what if I had mistreated her or misjudged her and didn't get to see who the real person was? 
things like that we want to avoid. Now, we're all human, you know, but that's where you have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to give you eyes of compassion, to have compassion on people, to see people the way God sees them, to see their value, to see their worth, to see no matter who they are, no matter what they've gone through, they are still precious to God. God still has a plan and a purpose for their life. And so we need to remember that when we see people on the street. You know, I, I have to admit, I, I've been riding down the street, riding down to Nea, and every now and then, not often, haven't done it in a while, but riding down to, I'm telling to myself tonight, riding down to Nea, and, you know, I see these guys with their pants down to here. There's been a few times I rolled down my window and said, pull your pants up. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I don't know who they are, but I'm like, I don't want to see your underwear. (laughs) But yet and still, that person is still someone that God loves, still someone that Jesus died on the cross for. He died for everybody. And so, you know, I was just like, pull your pants up. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. I was just like, you know what, God, whatever. <laughs> but I'm just saying, as, as people, we do do things, but we need to be conscious of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, and he will help us to see people the way he sees them. He will help us so that we don't make those kind of mistake so that we don't misjudge people you know so that we don't kick people to the curb because they don't fit what we think a Christian should be you know I said last week I you know what I had on last week they wouldn't even let me in some churches even to this day even you know wearing pants today they wouldn't even let me in because of their rules because of their regulations but Jesus said he's building the church He said it's his church. He didn't add all those rules. Those are man's rules. And it has messed up. I'm just going to be straight off. It has messed people up. People have gone away from the church because of church folks. The ones who are supposed to be loving them, the ones who are supposed to be embracing them, the ones who are supposed to be discipling them, the ones who are supposed to be encouraging them, the ones who are supposed to see them as Christ sees them. We've messed them up. And that was not God's plan, nor his will. So, church, we have to be more conscious of this more conscious. God accepted you the way you were in all your mess. (laughs) Right? He accepted me the way I was in all my mess. So now all of a sudden, you know, we're all holier than thou. And we've been, you know, I've been living for Jesus for 20 years. So... There could be somebody who comes in the church, gets saved, be so on fire for God, 
and will look at you and say, well, what have you been doing for those 20 years? They'll go out and witness. They'll lay hands on the sick. They just believe the word. And you living for 20, God, for 20 years, how many people have you led to the Lord? So none of us can talk. None of us can pin a badge on ourselves. None of us can say, I have arrived. None of us can say I'm any better than the next person because of anything. God loves the most vilest sinner. Well, I remember, um, you know, this has been years ago, but, you know, when I heard that um, James Dobson talked to Jeffrey Dahmer and he got saved. Do you know that man went to heaven? He did what it took. He called on the name of Jesus. He went to heaven. Do you think Jesus stood there at the pearly gates and said, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't coming in here. You know all that stuff you did? You know all those people you killed? You can't come in here. You, you, there's nothing you can do to be qualified. That is not what he said. He said, my blood. I made the sacrifice. I took your sins. I took your place. I became your substitute. Praise God. So, in this passage, there's a lot we can talk about, but I want to talk a little bit tonight about um, going back to Matthew chapter, um, Matthew chapter 16. I want to talk just a little bit about where Jesus talks about the keys. So, he says here in verse 19, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So, there's keys. You know, I I grabbed these keys. So, this key right here gets me into this building. This key gets me into the Family Life Center. This key um, opens up a money bag. Um, This key opens up a cabinet in my office. This key opens up the um, sound booth in the children's auditorium. And then I have some other keys here. I don't know what they go to. They go to something. I just don't know what. Okay? Probably, I could probably figure it out, but I don't know what they are. My point is, oh, and these keys go to some cabinets too. My point is, though, that there is a key for every door. There's a key for different things. I have different keys to get in different doors. I can't use the key that I would use to get in the Family Life Center to get in this door. It's not going to happen. But Jesus said that he is giving us the keys of the kingdom. All right? And then he goes on to talk about binding and loosing. And if we back up just real quick, um, when he said that 
I'm so sorry. This mic is not cooperating with me very well tonight. When um, he says here in verse 18, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So in the King James it says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so gates, the gates of hell. And then he says, the keys to the kingdom. So he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, but I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Um, in ancient Bible time, they had cities, and those cities had gates, and they had keys to get in there. You couldn't just get in there. They had keys to get in there. So Jesus is, is using this analogy, and he's saying, okay, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. But I'm giving you some keys so that you can make sure they don't. I'm giving you the ability to bind, and I'm giving you the ability to loose. You are the one who's responsible to do that. Not me. Jesus said, no, you. I'm giving them to you. So it's up to you to bind. It's up to you to loose. Now, when we're talking about binding and loosing, um, there are, let me give you a few definitions of that. So it says here, um, or my notes say, bind means to make secure by tying, to confine, restrain, or restrict as if with bonds, to constrain with legal authority, to lock. Loose means to free from a state of confinement, restraint, or obligation. So we see here that when we are binding, we are, um, we are making secure or we're tying or we're confining or we're, we're restricting. So in other words, we are, we are binding the enemy and everything that comes from hell, okay? That's what we're binding. We're binding that we're, 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 we're keeping it from having presence. We're keeping it from coming into our lives, coming into our homes, messing with our families, messing with our neighborhood, messing with our city, messing with our state. We have the ability to bind the enemy and to keep him out, okay? To keep him restrained, to keep him bound up. We have the ability to do that. Now, we also have the ability to loose. Okay, so when we loose, we are, this is someone, look at it this way. Someone who is already bound needs to be loose, right? Right? Okay, let me, let me, dem you know, you guys, you know, I like to demonstrate stuff. So let me demonstrate this for you. Leticia, could you help me, please? And Candace, could you help me?
please? Okay. Y'all gonna have to come up here. Okay. I borrowed these chains. We're gonna wrap you in the chain. Can you help me wrap her? <laughs> Break every chain. <laughs> Gonna wrap her up in the chain. <laughs> we'll try not to make it too tight or anything. You're good? Okay. Okay. So, can you hold some of these for me? You just, just. Hold it right there. We got this. You're a mess. Huh? <laughs> You're a mess. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can hold that one. Okay. And um, we'll just put this one down here. Okay, so. The enemy has her all bound up. Debt. Sickness. Don't go away. Sickness, addiction. She needs to be loosed, right? We have the authority to loose. We have that authority. Now, we need her cooperation, but we have authority to speak to sickness and disease. And tell it is trespassing. She's a child of God. We have that authority. Debt. We have, a we have the authority. You know, people have gotten into debt, insurmountable debt, and, and are just swimming in it or drowning in it and don't know what to do. And they're stressed out and all of these things. We have the authority to loose them from that, to help them get out of that, to take authority over that. We have that authority. Same thing with addiction. You know, people have been, I know people have come into this church and they were addicted to drugs or addicted to different things and they've been prayed for and, and authority's been taken over that and they went free. Some of them immediately. Why? Because somebody exercised their authority. Okay? Now, Candace over here, I got this little, this is one, something we use in children's ministry. So it actually says on here, two KMU elementary kids from God. But really, it's got allergies, it's got disease, it's got sickness, it's got cold, it's got flu, chicken pox. So she is to bind this so in other words i'm the devil's trying to give this to her but she's got to do what exactly exactly so do you see we have the ability to do this thank you so much we'll unwrap you <laughs> that you have this authority. Jesus has given it to you. 
This isn't something that as soon as you got saved, you got this authority. Now, you may need to understand it. You may need to, you know, study about it. You may need to get a, you know, better understanding of it, whatever. But you immediately, as soon as you became a believer, this authority was delegated to you. Every believer has this authority. It's the keys, some of the keys to the kingdom. So, you know, there is a kingdom, like we talked about last week. Remember we talked about the, um, the ambassadors and how they represent whatever land, whatever nation they come from. Well, we know that we're in this world, but we're not of it. We are representing heaven, right? So we're representing the kingdom of heaven, right? We're representing God. We're rep- we are representatives of a higher um, authority than the devil. The devil is under our feet. The devil has been defeated. He's been stripped of, you know, Jesus stripped principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. He triumphed over them in it. He defeated him. So within us, we have the authority, we have the power that's necessary to overcome any of the works of darkness. But we not only want to do that for ourselves, but we need to be able to do that for other people too. Praise God. So let me read you a few scriptures Really quickly. Well, let me read this first, okay? Binding. When you are binding something, you are tie, you're, you're tying it up. You keep it from any kind of movement. You are restraining it, keeping it away from you and off of you. Something is coming after you. So, you know, the enemy comes after you. You know, the Bible says that uh, Satan, you know, he's, he's going around seeking whom he may devour, right? Okay, so you, you want it tied up, and you don't want it to get through. So, like we do, we plead the blood of Jesus over our homes, on the doorposts of our homes, on the lentils of our lives. We, we plead the blood. That's one way that we are binding. We're saying, no, you, can, you can't trust past here. Um, you want to hold it back. You, you, you're holding back evil. You're telling Satan, like, um, Candace said, no, not here. You can't, you can't put that on my body, right? So loosing, Satan already has you. You're already bound. You need to be set free. So he's taken you hostage or taken a person hostage, and those are the ones that we want to loose. We want to see them go free. So if you see someone who is, especially if they're a believer, but anyone who's dealing with anything, and if they are, are a willing vessel to, you know, to be free, you can help them. Now, in your family, you have authority, but I'm talking about like a stranger on the street. You know, some people want to keep their devils, which is sad, but some people do. But you have the ability and the authority to put Satan on the run, Okay. So to loose it, um, 
to loose means it already has uh, dominance in your life. So like I'm already up to my eyes in debt. I'm already addicted. I'm already bound. I can't get out of it. You need to be loose. You need to be set free from it. So that's what we want to do. So to bind because, um, because it's coming at you or loose or to loose because it's already got you requires you to do something. It requires you to do something. So to bind because something is coming after you, you have to do something. To loose because it already has you requires you to do something. It requires, there is a requirement for us, not God, but for us. So Jesus said, we have to do it. Not him. He says, I'm giving you the keys. You got the keys. What, what door do you want to open up? Do you want to open up health? Do you want to open up healing? Do you want to open up um, peace? Joy, what, what, what do you want? What do you need? You bind stress. You bind fear. You take authority over that. And you say, not here. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And I refuse to fear. I refuse to walk in fear. You have the keys. Um, this gentleman named Sebastian Richard, he wrote um, this book called Kingdom Fundamentals. It says what the kingdom of God means and what it means to you. And he said this, he says, how closely you walk in relationship with the king determines how vast your authority is felt in the spirit realm. For some, it's 10 feet. For some, 30 or 100 feet. And others, it's whole cities. So how closely you walk in relationship with the king determines how vast your authority is felt in the spirit realm. Praise God. So we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Jesus has delegated authority to us. And the church was not meant to hide behind four walls. It was meant to get out. Take this good news. Take this gospel. You come in here, you get filled, you get tanked up, you get encouraged, you get nourished, and then you go out and you affect 